we're going to chat about something called rainbow capitalism. June is Pride Month, and you have no doubt seen rainbows spring up everywhere. It's wonderful. Obviously, large public displays of support. That's great. But there are some real concerns about all of the marketing that has sprung up around Pride. And frankly, in some cases, it smacks of pure capitalism. It's pretty hard to escape. Um, Almost every major company has developed some sort of Pride promotion, and an important social movement is being heavily, heavily monetized. Um, Let's chat now with Amy Langer, who is a Master of Public Policy candidate at the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Amy, thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, would you agree that, um, I mean, to my eye, some of this looks like pure, unadulterated capitalism and looking to cash in on on the movement. Is that fair? Uh, personally, yes. I, I think that that's, that is a fair assessment. Um, there are there are different companies and corporations that do attempt to provide some sort of meaningful action behind a lot of the marketing that they do. Um, sometimes that takes the form of um, kind of financial contributions to some local or some really big um, LGBTQ organizations. I know Kellogg's, for example, this year um, is partnering partnering with GLAAD and providing funds for that. So that, you know, there's things like that. There's different initiatives, and sometimes that also takes the form of what your internal company's policies are. How do you structure things like hiring and harassment? How do you make sure that the workplace that you've developed is inclusive of mm. everybody so that people can be happy and healthy and go to work and feel like where they, they can be themselves entirely. So there's definitely there's definitely some companies that um, just capitalize on it, on it completely, um, but there are there are definitely others who make efforts, and I think it's important to recognize that you have that kind of dynamic happening. Yeah, and I mean, it's sort of a fine line to walk, right, because... The, the exposure and the acceptance and, and, and the prominence does help, does help. Um, mm-hmm. So are there some people who say, you know what, yeah, maybe some people are just looking to cash in, but it's okay because, it, it, you know, is there sort of two diverging schools of thought around this rainbow capitalism? Yeah, I tend to find, um, you know, that generally, yeah, you you tend to have some of the more extreme kind of react, maybe not even extreme, but some of the more... Um, you know, polar reactions that you tend to have is you have people who look at this with a great deal of cynicism and a yeah. great deal of, um, you know, critical critical thought and say, you know, like, it doesn't matter really if they're even trying, if they're trying to make these inroads, like, this is pure exploitation, this isn't helpful, this is harmful. Um, and then you do definitely have some people, some groups, who appreciate the fact that you have like you said, like, you know, these public displays, and even if um, even if those displays are a little bit more shallow, even if they don't really have a lot of uh, muster behind them, it's still, it's still important yeah. because we've kind of, when we, when we look back at, like, the history of Pride and the history of, um, you know, like, uh, gay activism and LGBTQ activism and all these kinds of things, um, you know, we are definitely in a position now that's better than it, like, objectively is better than it was back in, say, like, the 1950s and the 1960s. Um, 
So we've made progress, but, you know, there's definitely still some work to do. And I think depending on where you are in the whole LGBTQ community, um, you know, you're going to take different things from it. Um, you know, capitalism has often been intertwined with a lot of other um, systems of power, like um, white supremacy and um, colonialism. So for a lot of racialized members of the LGBTQ um, communities, it doesn't really represent something that's a positive force. But, right. you know, when you have somebody who's young and new and, you know, maybe they can't come out, fully because they have safety concerns or even if they're just trying to figure out who they are and they just they see these displays and they feel seen and they feel validated so there's definitely there's definitely a mix somewhere in between the two and then you know i think me personally i tend to fall pragmatically somewhere kind of in the middle (laughs) there is also um you know like i've seen some promotions where 100 percent of the proceeds from whatever the special object or marketing opportunity is goes to the LGBTQ community and pride movement and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so you can shop around and find some that are obviously um, mm-hmm. heavily invested and not just looking to make a buck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think there's also, there's also something that, um, and you know, something that I didn't really get to talk about too much in my piece was, you know, this rainbow capitalism, or this rainbow washing, um, however you want to really, you know, how, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it It's kind of tied to the corporatization of pride as well. I mean, like, again, when you go back in history, pride started off as, um, you know, as riots, right, in the, at Stonewall. Um, and then yearly there were demonstrations, and over time, through activism and advocacy work and policy change, we've gotten to a point where it's become a little bit more of a celebration and not just a, and not just a, Hey, we're here and we deserve these rights. It still is that, but, um, you know, most of the pride demonstrations that happen throughout Canada, I know like Vancouver, Calgary, and Toronto, for example, are largely, uh, funded through corporate sponsors. Um, and I mean, I, I personally don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing overall, but that corporatization um, that we see throughout Pride and like wh- how we see this like manifesting through, um, you know, companies and their marketing and things like that is it can be kind of uh, kind of harmful to some members of the LGBTQ community. And I mean, there's also been a shift where Pride has also started to focus a little bit more on the interests of um, white gay men and has kind of forgotten its, you know, its roots where some of the, uh, first major activists, activists that came out of Stonewall were, you know, trans or racialized. Uh, a lot of them were sex workers, you know, so, um, we've kind of, you know, there's arguably a problem within pride that corporatization, I, I can't say definitively, causes that but it right. definitely exacerbates it for sure yeah and, and you touched on this earlier there there are things companies can do rather than just jump all in for the month of june with um whatever it may be there's things that we can call on them or acknowledge them for doing if they are doing it that sort of last all year round and are much more meaningful than some of the marketing things that we've seen right yeah absolutely so um like i did outline a few but um you know like there's there's a lot 
there's a lot to be done, but it's going to also depend on the specific community that you're working in as well. Like, I don't want to pretend like the queer communities here in Calgary are going to be exactly like the ones uh, maybe out in um, Montreal or um, yeah. or Toronto or anything like that. So, you know, but... Part, like you know, some of these initiatives where, like you mentioned, where some of these products or services, you know, you've got 100% of the proceeds going to uh, these organizations, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing either, but it also warrants, again, a little bit of scrutiny because sometimes we kind of tend to think, like, just throwing money at the problem sure. is going to make it better. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I kind of outlined some things that were not money based necessarily they could be but they don't have to be so that you know there's things like creating partnerships with like different lgbtq businesses organizations you know we've got the queer education foundation here in calgary um something i found out about fairly recently is the uh, shane scott pride fund as well which is uh, aimed towards uh, helping lgbtq youth be able to afford post-secondary education and not keep dead on for quite as long um you know like we have capital grants for all sorts of entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, you know, there's no reason why you couldn't have these kinds of programs and things set up for LGBTQ creators and artists and things like that. Um, you know, scholarships even. Sure. Yeah. Or, and, and even, even something as simple as kind of like developing and promoting like your hiring harassment policies and being transparent about those. And like, if I can go to your website and I can look and see kind of what your policies are around this. And even if I'm able to track like, Oh, these are changes we've made, you know, since, you know, two or three years ago from feedback to me, that shows that there is at least some listening that's right. happening. Yeah. Some walking of the walk rather than just, you know, grabbing the promotional headline, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and it's, you know, and I don't think, I mean, I don't personally expect these companies to be perfect about it. It's more about being willing to go listen and say, okay, so clearly we have, you know, an issue here. We have a diversity and inclusion issue. Um, I mean, in Canada, sexual and gender minorities, we still experience about twice the rate of harassment and violence as our heterosexual um, counterparts. So there's, you know, even though it might still seem normalized kind of on the face, there's definitely still some things that we need to be doing. Um, and companies can have a role in that, you know, when they change their, uh, change their policies, they help change attitudes and, you know, things like that. So... Excellent. Okay, Amy, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. That's Amy Langer, who is a Master of Public Policy candidate at the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary.